Hello, and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders might shy away from. And we believe here that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I'm your host, Jeff Ma. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Mohammed Anwar. Hey, Mo, how's it going? It's been good, Jeff. Awesome. And as you know, we're here to have conversations and hear stories with real businesses, real people, real stories. Um, and today, our guest is the co-founder and CEO of Evolve Consulting, Eric Neef. In addition to his role at Evolve, he's also passionate about improving the gap in our American education system and closing the gender in gender income inequality gap that also exists in corporate America. I'm really excited to talk about all those things. So it's a pleasure to have you here. Eric, how are you doing today? Doing well. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Absolutely. And um, I don't know, I kind of consider like, Mo, you're here today. I always have to give, because nowadays we do shows where I'm typically ho solo hosting, but today I've brought you in. Mo, why are you here today? Why are you joining me today? I'm here because of Eric and, you know, I had this amazing opportunity to meet Eric uh, through LinkedIn and we got in touch with each other. And I feel like since then uh, we've hit it off because we're so well aligned on the culture of love and the values that we aspire for our businesses and our team members and our customers that uh, I'm incredibly excited to be here because I, I feel like Eric is a living example of a leader who believes in culture of love and practices that in his organization. And I'm excited to have him share his story with us. Oh, Eric, those are some high expectations set for you today. <laughs> how, how are you feeling about that? Well, thank you, Mohamed. It's, it's good to be here. Um, we've had this uh, culture of love without not knowing what to call it although the name of our company does spell love backwards. When I came across the book back in, I think it was December, and I read that and I thought, this is great. This book and these individuals I've become, got to know pretty well over the past few months are really able to put this into a format that can almost be a playbook for how we're running our business. And like Mohammed said, when we were able to connect uh, via LinkedIn and email and build a relationship and get to know each other. It's, it's great to be building our companies side by side and learning from each other as we go. Awesome. Absolutely. So Eric, if you could start us off, I always like to start from a place of passion and purpose. Um, tell me about your passion. How did it, how did you get to that passion uh, today? Sure. So there's a, a couple of things that we're passionate about. One is um, really just loving our team members, um, starting by calling them team members, not employees. Um, philosophy I learned a long time ago by reading something from Richard Branson, where if we love our team members, they in turn love our clients. Um, so we start out thinking about things that way. But the real passion and inspiration for the business uh, started out, uh, gosh, at this point, it's probably eight years ago when I was in a senior executive role at a different company and I saw a female um, aspiring executive almost get passed over for a promotion due to being out on maternity leave and, and missing some objective criteria. Um, I had previously written a 
big, hairy, audacious goal for myself that was to uh, make a positive influence on the world um, by being in a position or authority, um, sorry, being in a position of power or authority where I could make material change. Um, so when I was in that situation and I saw that happen or almost happen, I should say, I thought this is my purpose. This gives me an opportunity. And over the past years, that's evolved from just gender equality and pay to equity across the organization. And when I say that, the difference in, um, example that I use is um, equality across the organization means, um, for example, if everyone needs to have a scissors to cut paper, everyone gets a pair of scissors. Equity means finding out if there's any left-handed people that need a left-handed scissors. So um, it, my passion became inclusion, which starts by getting people included across all different groups, not the three colleges that I and my co-founders went to where all the people look and sound like us, um, but to branch out into other universities to begin with, um, creating an environment of equity where people have what they need to be successful in their jobs. Mohammed said the opportunity to see the office space we're building out, it includes an area for neurodiverse individuals. Um, so that's just one example of a way we're doing things to create equity across the organization. And then diversity is just a measurement of how well we're doing on the first two. Yeah, I loved uh, visiting Eric and seeing his office space. And when he introduced me to the neurodiverse section that they're envisioning, I was very, very much like impressed, inspired, and, uh, you know, sold on the concept that, okay, this is, this is for real. Like Eric is really taking this seriously and building an inclusive environment for uh, all elements of diversity and people from all backgrounds. So I was very appreciative of that. Thank you. Eric, talk a little bit about your, your personal kind of journey here. So like what, what, you know, what brought you, you know, personally into this, this, this place that you now occupy today? Wow, that's a big question. Uh, so, um, like, life, upbringing, background? Um, yeah, any of that would be, I, mean, I, I want to get to know you a little bit. I want to get to just pick sure. your brain, get in there. Sure. Um, so, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, and I went to a um, predominantly white, Catholic, affluent, private college. Um, so when I came out of college, I went into work in the big five consulting firm with a lot of those similar people from similar colleges and pretty much spent the first, I'm going to say 10, 12 years of my career um, working between mid-Atlantic East Coast and Denver, Colorado, very non-diverse areas. And then I found myself um, almost 12 years ago moving to Dallas, Texas, which is a little bit more diverse um, as a place to work but still not having the opportunity to be exposed to some of the things that have become a passion of mine. So um, I am very fortunate to have married a woman who knew a lot of these things and doesn't impose those things all at once on other people. But um, she and I have grown together over the past almost 12 years. Um, we're raising three beautiful children that are nine, seven, and five. And as I started raising them when they were two or three and I watched my children not see things until they were getting to the six, seven, eight years that they were being told by other children. And I, I specifically recall being at a um, daddy-daughter camp out. And, I, and my daughter was describing one of her good friends 
and she has very dark skin and that wasn't a deciding factor. My daughter was describing her shirt and her speed. Um, and I thought that was really, it really caught my attention about, I think it was four years ago. I think she was five, maybe six. And I thought that's a beautiful thing that my daughter's being raised in a way that she has no um, inherent blind spots. And how can we apply that to the workforce and our lives and extend it outside of just what we do um, in our day in our work. So um, yeah, it's, that's kind of the background and, and who I am. I, I know that um, you also do a lot of work and have a lot of passion around gender equality in the workplace. How did, how did that come about in your life or what presented that passion for you? Yeah, so that, that was a story I alluded to earlier, but my business partner and co-founder and I were in a promotion review meeting and one of the top performers by subject subjective criteria was almost passed over because she missed some objective criteria. She just happened to be out for three months on maternity leave. And when I saw that almost happen, and it was my business partner that noticed it and spoke up and she ended up getting the promotion and that was great. But I realized if, if he hadn't have spoken up, how much more often would this have happened? And um, when we started the company, we agreed we were gonna pay across gender lines with equally um, based on capability and skill set. And um, the first person that we, uh, well, even before I say that, we decided we're going to ask people what they want to earn, not what they do earn, because the beginning of gender inequality, but also racial inequality and other inequality in pay starts with asking the question, what do you make? And that just becomes a systemic recurring issue of paying them more than they're currently making. But if they're starting at a lower number, um, it creates a, a unfair disadvantage. Um, so the first person we tried to bring in happened to be a young female who we were fully prepared to pay a lot more than she asked for. Um, and we asked her to, we repeated the question, not what do you make, what do you want to make? And she told us the same number. So we offered her more and she really didn't know what to do. Um, but it was wow. a good experience. It was a good experience and one we've repeated numerous times and I, I don't keep track. We do have someone that keeps track of how often we do that um, because we do want to be able, when we get bigger, to be able to report on things like how we've bridged that gap, but I want it to continue to be genuine and not done as a way to, it's not for marketing or anything like that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, now that we get got to know you a little better, I want to bring it over to Evolve. And I think, you know, while we're in different businesses, I, I, like as Mo mentioned at the front, um, there's a lot of similarities in the types of things we're trying to do in the workplace. And so I have a lot of just curiosity around um, that journey, you know, trying to bring culture to the forefront, trying to make sure culture is, it, it's tricky, right? It's, it's not easy. Um, and so I'm curious, uh, what are some of the, you know, high level to start ways that you, you know, practice and adopt and kind of apply culture within the walls of Evolved? So what are some of the intentional things you've been doing? Yeah, you know, it's, <clears throat> that's a very interesting topic to me because I didn't realize the paradox in this statement. I realize the paradox now. I did not realize it when I used to say this but I've never been a fan of forced fun or forced culture. 
Um, so I was very passionate in the beginning of starting the company of not creating the culture, but letting the culture evolve from the people we hire. And then we, uh, probably about a year ago, hired a, a really smart Ivy League guy who came in and wrote us a glass door review that said this is a re really unique hiring approach. They say they don't create the culture. They let the team members create the culture for the company, but they have a very ambiguous way of interviewing and hiring such that I didn't know if I was getting a call to get an offer or to be told I didn't make the cut. And I can't articulate as well as he did, but his um, background and education caused him to write this really interesting paradoxical review. And it was a very positive review of how we screen for things that we don't have written down on paper that have led to people that are fun. I've heard recently the past month, which I love hearing, but we're not telling people to do it, that everyone's smiling all the time, which just makes me happy. Um, I, I guess we probably subconsciously look for people friendly on Zoom when we interview them. Uh, now they're starting to come back into the office, but for the past two years. The other one I continue to hear is that people are genuinely nice. Um, I, uh, I'm just, I'm really excited about that, but it's, it is a paradox because what we set out to do is evaluate people almost kind of like you did with the question you asked. We try to get to know people in their character first and then their capability and skill set second. We feel like we can train and teach skill sets, but we can't really train people or teach people to not be self-serving or mean to each other. That's something that's pretty bred into us throughout our childhood and upbringing. So Eric, I have a question for you, <clears throat> just to challenge you a little bit. Do you think it's because you've hired people who smile a lot or is it your environment that makes them smile a lot? You know, I don't know. <laughs> this is new to me since I last saw you or talked to you. Um, it is, it's a, it's a chicken and the egg. Um, do a few of us smile and that led to people smiling. But I mean, if I walk down the hall now, ever since it's been pointed out to me the last month or six weeks, I do notice people are smiling and, I, and I'm smiling back. Um, so it, it matters. I mean, I don't come in here, you know, our company is like any other company. It has difficult days. It has stressful days, but um, it's, it's like, it's like a team. Um, I don't call it a family uh, because we don't get, if family members are mean, you don't cut them out of the family or most people don't. Um, but I just told this story today, we're very intentional about our core values. And one of them is teamwork and collaboration. Um, I didn't watch Squid Games, but I heard about a very uh, interesting analogy there. I usually tell the story since we live in Dallas about A-Rod getting traded as the best shortstop to the Yankees who also had Derek Jeter and he became a third baseman. Our core value is teamwork and collaboration. Um, you can be a team pulling in the same direction, but if you're not all collaborating, it, it really doesn't work. I'm going to throw it out there. I think it has a lot to do with the leadership, right? Because having met you, having met the leaders at your organization, Eric, you're one that makes everybody feel welcome. Um, and all your staff, uh, your team members, your guests, uh, and including, you know, when we showed up, uh, we were met with you know, at the hotel with, with a gift basket. And we were never anticipating that. And you made us feel home, like it was home. You made us feel comfortable. We came into your office, you gave me a hug. And I saw that extend to all your other team members as well. And so I'd have to say, whether you 
One, to believe it or not, I think your leadership and you personally as the CEO of the company has a lot to do with the culture of the company. So I want to give you that credit. And from my Thank observation as a, as a third party and as a visitor who, who was embraced inside of your organization, just having that short visit, I can naturally see why people are smiling and they're happy. And I think recruiting is definitely an aspect that you guys are doing a great job, but I think you're also doing an amazing job setting the tone as the top CEO of the company. And uh, I want to give you that credit and kudos to you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we got that idea from your book and in particular, uh, our team all read your book when they heard you were coming, not just the people that you were meeting with. Um, and it was actually uh, Aubrey who said, we should do this. It's a good idea. Give a gift basket, a gift bag. Um, and uh, I'm glad that made a big impact. And um, I'm glad our team takes things like this seriously. And uh, hopefully I'm practicing one of our other core values, which is humility. Um, mm. We don't want to be taking credit for the things that you know, we didn't invent this stuff. Um, so thank you though. I appreciate the compliment. No worries. I was going to ask you, you know, this concept of love and uh, love is a business strategy or the culture of love, which you you were naturally uh, practicing in your organization. And now that you put a label to it, how is it being received by your team, your customers, or have you seen reactions <laughs> because you you talk about it more openly or what, what's been your experience, Eric? Um. <laughs> I think uh, I laugh because my personal experience is um, after having your book at my disposal, um, it gives some validity to what I, what we were setting out to do and what I've said. Um, I'm not going to lie in the beginning. I got some uh, criticism that this was too soft and mushy of an approach. And I don't know if this will come across or if it's a mirror image, but I'll hold up the a card with our business name on it and show when I started and came up with the name and it's love spelled backwards I distinctly remember a conversation that was that's goofy that's corny goofy was the term that was used um, so I dialed it back for a little bit until we got I still told everyone on the interviews um, but I didn't make it core to who we were so I think now, especially after your visit and people getting the book, we now, I don't know if you know this, but we give the book to everyone on their first day when they start, they get two books now, um, yours and, and one that we've been giving all along. Um, I think it gives some credibility to a philosophy, a philosophy that we had and um, probably didn't have much organization around what that meant. It was maybe a purpose without a plan. And, and now people take it a little more seriously. Got it. No, I appreciate that. Jeff? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, a lot of it, it, it's great to see that so much of this formed, you know, in some ways from what you're saying organically, um, just through the desire. Um, what have you done in your mind? Maybe it's like values or mission statements, like, what, what are some of the intentional parts? I think a lot of people want to know, like, even if it's not, you know, one-to-one -one aligned to what the book says or what the right, you know, t terminology is, what in your mind did you do 
you know, as, as intentionally as possible along this journey here. Yeah, so the, um, the other book that I referenced is one we had read about 10 years ago. And two of the key things I took away from it then, and I've read it probably 20 times, but it talks about vulnerability and transparency. So um, being transparent about mistakes you might make or the fact that we're human and being vulnerable for feedback and hearing criticism. And it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. If people know that you're willing to accept feedback, they give it to you. Um, so we start out with that as kind of the premise. Let's, let's practice this in our day to day and let's hear what people have to say. Um, that intentionality um, has bled over into core values uh, as a specific thing. So I mentioned, I kind of uh, fumbled around the original mission earlier when I talked about having material impact on the world. But we set out um, on a mission to create a consulting firm that changes the world with the foundation of love. Um, and that was written on my whiteboard before I found this book. Um, and I think I left it there for when you came to our office, Mohammed. I don't remember if I pointed that out to you or not, but um, you know, that, that culture of transparency has become fun because we have five core values. Um, but one of our team members was asked to do the presentation of core values to at one of our all hands meetings. And he had a funny way of saying, we actually have nine core values. We just mashed them up into three words, two sets of two words, and it, um, and then individual words. But what makes me laugh about that is um, it was great feedback. In some companies, people wouldn't have been comfortable saying that. Um, he was having fun teasing me. Mohammed's heard this gentleman speak, talking about birthdays and other things, and he's just a, a fun guy. But I took that that comment somewhat seriously to realize if, if someone looks at those values and says they're intended to be five, but there are nine words, we must not be explaining them well. So I've gone through a couple of them and I, they're very intentional. So I talked about inclusion, equity, and diversity. That's three words, teamwork and collaboration. And I've already explained the intentionality behind that. It's not just about working as a team, but it's about collaborating together as individuals to make an effective team. The one I hadn't mentioned yet is honesty and integrity. Um, as you asked earlier about personal life, I learned that from watching my, um, at the time, uh, five-year-old daughter received the character award at school and they defined the character award as something to give to a student who does the right thing when no one's looking. The core value of honesty and integrity is a lot of companies say honesty and it's just something they stick on the corporate wall. Honesty is what you tell someone when they ask you a question, you tell them the truth. Integrity is doing the right thing when there's no one there asking you the question. Um, and then um, humility I mentioned, and the last one is passion. Um, so when Milan said that about how many words there were, we've made an intentional effort to be more vocal about the meaning behind those words and why they're in the order they're in. Why does honesty come before integrity? Why does teamwork come before collaboration? Why does inclusion come before equity and both before diversity? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been an ongoing journey and that's something I've also learned more from you, you all of you individuals as people more than I have from reading the book, but it is a journey. It's not something that we had made, put on the website, put on the walls and just be done with. We talk about before every quarterly meeting, we talk about before every all hands meeting. And um, in a couple of weeks, we're sending the employee, sorry, team member survey out that's it's, literally on a platform called employee surveys, which I don't like, but it's our team member survey 
Um, and one of them asks to tie that back to the questions that are pretty standard in corporate surveys, but how does that, how are we living out our core values as it relates to this question and that question? Awesome. <clears throat> Eric, in, in conversations with you, you were sharing with us some of the uh, benefits and programs you've instituted for your uh, team members. And I was quite inspired by hearing some of the a trust, a vulnerable trust you've taken in instituting some of these programs, especially like your leaf policy. Would you yeah. be willing to share with us what it is and how you found results um, from that leaf policy? Yeah, that's a fun one. And um, we did take your advice. I think I told you we were going to do this, but we followed through on it and we got rid of our non-compete and non-solicitation agreements um, for the same reason that we talked about. Um, you know, those are things that we put in place because we thought we were supposed to. And at the end of the day, we're asking people, we haven't officially said sign an ethics agreement, but we're asking them to abide by an ethics agreement, which is to do the right thing. Um, and we employ a lot of technologists who tend to have a mind of, a, of gaming, and I don't mean video games, but like how to write code and solve problems. And when I vetted the idea with them, it, I was fascinated by the response, which is if you give me a contract, I'm figuring out ways to get around it, whether I want to or not. If you ask me to do the right thing and I shake your hand, I'm going to exceed that expectation. So that led to just April 21st, we had our quarterly meeting and we we didn't have to prop to rip the, the contract up, but we said we're officially ripping up the non-solicit and non-compete clauses and we're just going to ask you to do the right thing. But specifically to the one you asked about, another kind of uphill battle in the beginning, um, I didn't think it was such a crazy idea to do unlimited vacation. Um, I got pushed back from our benefits uh, team, HR benefits team, um, those that administer the benefits, the company we use for that. And fortunately, people agreed to at least give it a try. I think what you, the story you might've heard was the uh, person that at the end of the year, when we had a very small team at the time, I think we might've had 12 or 15 people, um, turned out to be at the very top of the amount of production from billable hours and revenue generated. Um, she also was at the top of the most vacation days. Um, and it was fascinating to see because she was someone that quietly would take a Friday and a Monday, um, at one point took a, a stretch for um, a honeymoon. She took, I think it was three weeks actually consecutively but no one noticed because she did such great work in for four days of this week and the four days of that week. But when it was entered in the time system, we thought this is exactly why this works. She took a lot of a lot of good time for good purpose. Um, she recharged, she got married, she went on a nice honeymoon, but she at the same time performed exceeded performance in her job. Um, and beyond that, we have tons of other examples, but people don't abuse it. Um, People enjoy it. They like the freedom to be able to work when they can. They like, we like the engagement outside of normal hours. So I have kind of been a anti um, work life balance philosopher. I think that means both have to be in equal. But in the con consulting world, the reality is there are weeks where you have hard deadlines and things have to get done and we work hard. We're very fortunate. We have some really good clients, um, one of them in particular gives random days off, you know, four-day weekends after a quick push. So we follow suit and give the, that particular team the day off, unlike the old days that we grew up in, 
they don't have to come sit in the office doing nothing to be seen because it's not an evolve holiday. Um, and people really enjoy that. And um, we really enjoy the fact that no one's taking advantage of it at currently 117 team team members. I love that. Eric, why? Yeah, I, I heard that, Jeff, and I was like, okay, this is this has to be shared <laughs> with the world today. <laughs> Uh, I was also going to ask you, Eric, traditional consulting services firms and many other organizations out there, why do you think companies are resistant or hesitant to give that level of flexibility? What do you think comes in the way of that? You know, um, I think at a, a high level, some of the pushback that I got stemmed from a lack of inherent trust, which would be contrary to the core um, not value, but the, uh, the root of our, our name evolve, you know, if we're going to love people, let's start by trusting them. How do we say we love you, but sign this agreement and you only get two weeks off. Um, you know, we're not a not-for-profit. We will have one day, I'm sure have to have the hard conversation with unlimited PTO doesn't mean you come to work and go away for three months or six months or you know, and we did have to spend a lot of time and money with all the legal implications of maternity, paternity leave, military leave. You know, so there are some guardrails and guidelines to make sure everything is legal, compliant, and fair. But I think um, we just took an opposite approach of let's start with love and trust and build back into the, the guardrails and the requirements. And um, I think, I, I guess at a simplistic level, most companies must start with here are the guidelines and guardrails and let's just put that in place for everyone across the board. Awesome, no, thank you for sharing that, appreciate it. You know, we're trying something new here. We're trying a four day work week at Softway and we've been experimenting over the last two months, taking alternate Fridays off and then consequent, uh, uh, you know, consecutive Fridays off and now, this month, we're doing two Fridays off and two no meeting Fridays, um, just so that we can see the learnings. And then we're hoping to institute uh, a four-day workweek policy at Softway as a result. And so far, we're having a lot of learnings. We're, we're recognizing where we can do better and how we need to change our mindsets around a four-day workweek. But um, taking inspiration from you and how you instituted the unlimited leave of you're like, okay, let's do it. Let's try the four day work week. So we'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. So I, I'd love to hear how that goes. There's, um, there's structure. I can even feel myself moving in my chair that I don't relate <laughs> to in terms of the one day here that doesn't, I'm anxious to see the results. That's really <laughs> neat to hear how it, how it goes. Um, yes. I think it's a great effort guys in terms of doing something for your team. That way I've heard about another company that tried that and I am, I am encouraging you to push forward and learn from and, and figure out what works. Um, because when I talked to the people at the company that tried it, they said, there's no four day work week for those of us that do X and Y. So that's, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, excited and an excitedly anxious to hear how it goes. Cause I'm sure it can be done. Um, yes. And I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Cause I think that would be great here too, especially for individuals that are not in a project at the moment that they need to get done is, I'm sure we have people coming in on Fridays that would rather be fishing or something. <laughs> totally. Totally. So yeah, we'll keep you, we'll keep you posted on how the results uh, come across for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Eric, um, I'm going to be honest. My favorite type of, of these episodes is when we get to um, 
talk, not talk about the theory, but hear, hear about it in practice. So I really, really appreciate you being here today and sharing a little a glimpse into Evolve and the ways that that love has kind of shown up there. So thank you so much for sort of being here today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. It's uh, I can't tell you how much that book um, impacted us in a positive way. And, um, you know, it really just accentuated a lot of the things that we had talked about and and didn't know how to put into practice in some cases. And I'll be honest, I didn't remember, uh, didn't notice it was a X's and O's like a football play and how it tied to the University, <laughs> yeah. of, University of Houston game until I'm sitting there looking at, it's on my credenza behind me. And I was talking about, I used the word playbook and someone pointed to it. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> yes, I've been looking at this now for three months and I never connected the dots to the football game. The love is a business strategy and it's actually the X's and O's. So um, it's great. We really appreciate what it's doing for us and our company and our business. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. And you got it. That was intentional for sure. Uh, <laughs> it took me a glad, little while, but I got Glad you got, got it. On. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So to our listeners, thank you again. Thank you so much for joining. And um, well, we've been talking about the book, but um, I'm always going to pitch it one more time at the end of the show. Check out the book if you haven't already. Uh, at your local retail, I mean, not local, but your online retailers, you should have it. Amazon, especially. Leave us a review if you like the book. Eric, have you dropped a review on Amazon yet? I have not, but I will. There we go. I put you on the spot. You're now on a podcast saying you will do so. So I'll be looking out for that <laughs> review. Will. And, and I'll give it to Aubrey to make sure it gets done, to make sure I get it done. No, um, I'll hop on there as soon as we hang up and, and I'll make sure to do that. I trapped you on the, on a show, a live show. Now hey, it's all here. good. It's all good. You guys yep. deserve it. Thank you. Thank you. And um, everybody, thank you so much. We put out a new episode every week, so please subscribe, uh, tell a friend. And with that, thank you Mo for joining as well today. And we'll see everybody next week.